Space Raptor Butt Invasion by Chuck Tingle. It's going to be a long year for you up here, my fellow astronaut, Officer Pike says. You think you're ready for it? Ready as I'll ever be, I tell him with a slight smile. I lean back in my chair and watch as Pike continues to pack his bags, preparing for his launch home that looms just a few hours away. Lucky bastard. Nothing can quite prepare you for the loneliness of space until you're actually here floating in orbit on a giant rock as it circles some distant star. Pike knows this as well as I do. We were both stationed here on Zorbus two years ago, taking over for two other astronauts who had just finished putting in their time. This would probably give me some sort of solace, knowing that Pike fully understood the feelings of loneliness that were already brewing up inside of me, but even given our shared experiences, he has no idea what's in store. This is because, up until today, all astronauts participating in the Earth Outpost program have had a partner with them at all times. In fact, some of the more active stations can have up to six humans inhabiting them at once. Now, thanks to budget cuts, our tiny little station on Zorbus will have one single resident for then next year. Yours truly. This is not at all what I signed up for, but at this point I'm not exactly in the position to argue. Just remember, Pike says with complete sincerity, you're up here doing a lot of good for the folks back down there on Earth. Try not to forget it. I let out a long sigh. I know, I know. Pike stops. I don't think you do, and I don't blame you. It's easy to get detached up here, Lance, but you've got to focus on the positives. Without us, Earth would have no hope of ever finding another home. I mean, how many years do we have left down there with, even with the population control? Ten, max, I tell him. This was the current scientific concurrence on Earth's lifespan, a dreadful thought. I know you're right, but what is it helping to have me just sit out here like this? We already know that there's not enough oxygen on this rock to sustain life. Pike smiles. But there could be! There is hope here, and you know that. I shake my head. I don't know, man. We've been terraforming this dust for five years, and we're no better off than when we started. I wave an arm behind me, motioning towards the massive glass window of the, of the space station. The entire wall is translucent, showing off a truly breathtaking view of a hilly gray landscape beyond where two separate moons hang brilliantly in the dark sky. If I hadn't seen this view every morning for far longer than I'd care to remember, I might even be moved to tears by the sight, a real manifestation of mankind's commitment to science and space travel. Instead, I find myself bored, reminded that as Pike is taking off in his shuttle pod towards Earth, I'm going to be trekking back across the massive gray dunes to gather data from the terraforming station. You know it could be much worse, Pike offers. In Station 16 on Curlin, they don't even have a gravity drive. I'm in shock. You mean they've just been floating around in there? Basically, Pike says. At least you get to pretend you're on Earth until you head outside. I suppose I'm looking for any assurance that I can get at this point, because somehow Pike's words actually make me feel a little bit better. I guess it's not that bad up here. You want to play one last game of ping pong before you go? I ask. We can turn the gravity low just like you like it. Pike cracks a wry grin. You're on. I begin to stand when suddenly an announcement comes blaring over the space station's loudspeakers at the same mechanical voice that I've come to know and love. Shuttle Alpha 5 has arrived. Officer Pike is now dismissed. Pike shrugs. Guess I've got a roll. 
As Pike puts on his spacesuit, I join him, figuring that I'll walk out to see him off and then continue on my way to the terraforming outpost. We suit up quicker than normal, as clearly Pike can't wait to get off of this fucking rock, and then open the hatch door and step out into the dark, alien landscape. Well, I'll be seeing you soon, I guess. Officer Pike radios to me through his helmet, exchanging a hug in our bulky white spacesuits. Yeah, you will, I tell him. In one year, I'll buy you a beer back on Earth. Sounds like a plan. Pike says. The officer walks over to his shuttle pod and punches in a few numbers on the keypad, then steps back as the door lifts open. The dust is still settling from the ship's recent landing in this low-gravity air. Fly safe, I offer through the static of our spacesuit headsets. Pike, Pike nods and is about to close his shuttle door, but then stops looking at me with a deathly seriousness. All joking aside, he says. Don't think too hard out here. Stay light. I give Pike a strange look, not quite fully understanding what he means. Space can get a little... strange. Pike tells me. People can start seeing... things. He trails off. Anyway, just take care of yourself. I will, I say with a nod. Pike closes the shuttle door and then begins his countdown for launch, prompting me to step back away from the ship. Moments later, the entire thing starts to lift up into the air, propelled by its minor gravity drive. Before I know it, the shuttle is hurtling off through space so fast that I can barely see it. Suddenly, I am completely alone. Still haunted by Pike's final words, I begin to make my usual walk across the hills of space dust towards our perpetually worthless terraforming station. As much as I've gotten used to the sight of these alien vistas, I will admit that it still makes me a little giddy every time that I go for a walk in such a low-gravity environment. As I bound over the hills, I'll admit that a smile slowly begins to cross my face. It's only when I reach the top of the mountain and look down the other side that I freeze in shock and fear. There before me, some hundred yards away, is the terraforming station, just as it should be. Beyond the station, however, is a figure that's clad in a spacesuit quite similar to mine. The two of us seem to notice each other at almost exactly the same time, locked in a bizarre standoff before suddenly the other figure turns and climbs aboard its two-wheeled vehicle. Where did that come from? The next thing I know, the spacesuited figure is taking off into the distance, riding furiously down into an alien valley before disappearing from my sight. It all happened so quickly that I don't even have time to give chase, simply struck dumb as I reel with the significance of what just happened. Holy shit. Is all that I can manage to say. As I continue towards the terraforming station, my head is swimming with kinds of, of confusing thoughts. Was I already space crazy? Was I so upset by the thought of my impending loneliness that I'd create a fellow astronaut in my head? It's possible. Yet, as I arrive at the station and search the surrounding grounds, I find definite footprints and wheel tracks in the dust. Unfortunately, as the space winds begin to pick up, I quickly realize that I will not be able to follow them before they are swept away entirely. I quickly fulfill my duties at the outpost, and then immediately head back towards the main station, wasting no time at all as I head inside and tear off my spacesuit. Computer, has Earth sent another astronaut to join me? I ask aloud. No, you will spend the next year alone! The space station computer says, its mechanical voice echoing throughout the massive outpost. Are you sure? Because I could have sworn that I just saw someone out there at the terraforming unit. I continue. I am sure, states the computer flatly. There are no records of any new arrivals at this station. 
I collapse onto the couch and look out my tired and true view of the alien landscape, letting out a long sigh. Then who the fuck was out there tonight? I ask myself. I awaken to the sound of a loud knocking on the hatch door and then sit upright in a frantic moment of confusion. Pike? I call out, glancing around as I try to get my bearings. I must have fallen asleep on the couch. It only takes me a few seconds to remember that Pike is no longer here with me and a stab of fear comes shooting through my heart. If not Pike knocking on the door, then who is it? Cautiously, I stand up and walk over to the hatch, wondering now if the sound was nothing more than my paranoid mind playing tricks on me. The knocking comes again and I jump. Hello? I call out. Three more knocks! My curiosity getting the best of me, I press a few buttons on the keypad to open the external hatch. Fortunately, there is a camera set up right inside the holding area, and I gasp aloud as I see that same spacesuit-wearing figure enter the chamber. Hello? I say into the microphone next to me as the external door closes behind the astronaut. Who are you? Who are you? Comes a voice from beneath the helmet. Lance Tanner of the Earth Outpost Program. I offer. Earth? Asks the voice from inside the spacesuit. Yes, I tell him. The voice starts to laugh, quietly at first, and then in a loud, jovial tone. We should talk, says the astronaut. May I come in? I'm not exactly sure what the right call is here, but I can't just have this strange spaceman standing in my hatch all day, and I'm more than a little anxious to get to the bottom of all this. I sigh and then reluctantly open the inside hatch door. Suddenly, I'm standing face to face with the unknown spaceman. Lance, nice to meet you. I say, extending my hand. The figure extends a gloved hand as well, which I immediately notice has only three fingers. I'm Orion. The figure responds. And likewise. There's a loud hiss as the window of his helmet slides upwards and I gasp aloud, recoiling in shock. There, beneath the tinted glass, is the smiling face of a voracious velociraptor, one of the most feared dinosaurs to ever roam the Earth. But you're... you're a... I stammer. A dinosaur? Asks the beast. Yes. I feel faint, suddenly completely convinced that I'm suffering from some kind of severe space delusion. But that makes no sense, I say. I agree, says the raptor. I was told that this planet was entirely uninhabited. Who told you that, I ask, shocked. The raptor scientist back on Earth, too! The prehistoric beast responds flatly. This is too much to take in all at once. My head throbbing with anxiety, I step backwards and then have a seat on the couch once again. This can't be real. I start to repeat over and over again. This can't be real. This can't be real. I can assure you that I'm very real, says Orion. Then what the fuck are you talking about? I shout, finally losing it. What is Earth 2? The raptor astronaut <laughs> nods in understanding. Ah yes, I can see where the confusion would come from. I'm assuming that back on Earth 1 you were taught that my people died in some kind of ice age? Something like that? I nod. The dinosaur chuckles. That's some revisionist history for you. No, there was no Ice Age. The real reason that the dinosaurs aren't around anymore is because we all left. 
in search of a larger and more forgiving planet than Earth-1. We sailed the stars for many years until finding a suitable home on Earth-2, but we still like to keep tabs on all parts of the galaxy. Is that what you're doing here? I ask. The dinosaur nods. Yep. All alone in an empty solar system. As Orion says this, I detect a deep sadness behind his eyes, something that I can relate with all too well. Well, I start, not exactly sure where I'm headed. <laughs> I mean, we're both up here together. I can't see why we can't hang out a bit. I see a faint glimmer of hope behind Orion's dinosaur expression. Yeah? He asks. Sure. You play ping pong? Over the next few days, Orion continues to come by the station and hang out. The two of us are an incredible duo, talking for hours on end about our experiences in space or trading nostalgic stories about our homeworlds. Despite being a bloodthirsty dinosaur carnivore, Orion is actually incredibly sweet and has a truly gentle soul. The longer that we spend together, the more I find myself drawn to him, attracted even. Our difference in species surely couldn't classify me as gay, could it? As they days turn into weeks, and weeks into months, I begin to wonder if I'd even care. Finally, after a long night of ping-pong and chowing down on astronaut ice cream, me and Orion find ourselves lounging on the couch and looking out over the gray hills together. Can I ask you a personal question? I start watching the dinosaur from the corner of my eye. Orion smiles. Sure thing, Lance. Shoot. <laughs> you ever think about what it would be like to fuck a human? I ask. My heart is now thumping ferociously in my chest, but I try to remain calm and even keeled. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't? Orion offers. The thing is, I'm a pretty big dinosaur and human women are just too delicate. I would probably crush one if I tried. I let his words linger in the air for a moment, not sure if I should say what I so desperately want to, but it's now or never, I think to myself, taking a deep breath. <gasps> what about a human man? I question. I can see the raptor's expression suddenly change as understanding washes over him. Yeah, I think I might be into that, actually, Orion tells me. I mean, it's not gay if it's a dude raptor and a dude human, right? I ask. Totally not gay, says the dinosaur. The raptor would have to be in control, though. Dominating, even. Yeah, I sigh. There's a moment of silence. Get down on your knees, the raptor suddenly commands. Seizing the moment, I follow his instructions, slipping off of the couch and crawling onto my hands and knees in front of him. I sit with my head at the level of Orion's lap and look up with my big brown eyes. Unzip me, Orion instructs. I shaking as I slowly reach up and pull down the zipper of his space... Take it out, Orion demands. You need to be punished for being such a filthy little... human. I am a filthy little human. I repeat, coyly, then pull down the waistband of his, of his space briefs and remove Orion's enormous raptor rod. The rest of this is edited for content, including such 
phrases as pound me like the homo space boy that I am and oh fuck you're the best dinosaur bud a guy could ask for. The end of this chapter is the raptor holds me in the air like this for a minute while we both catch our breath and then slower, slowly lowers me down to the ground where I stand on woozy legs. Fuck, that was incredible, Orion tells me, clearly just as exhausted as I am. I think that the next year up here is going to work out just fine. I tell the dinosaur, unable to keep the smile from spreading out across my face as I lay back against the soft couch behind me. That's, that's just it. That's how it ends. Like, no, no shit. It's just, I, that's just the chapter. It's 42% left in the Kindle book, and it's a bonus story for my reading pleasure, turned gay by the living Alpha Diner. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're done here. Stay tuned next time, Internet, for more Space Raptor Butt Invasion. <laughs> <laughs>